Hey everybody, welcome to the Anthony and Todd Show. We are a weekly podcast that critiques and memes music. I'm your host Trevor, aka Duke Deuce Bigelow, and I'm joined by my ever-tentative co-host, my best friend, my pal, my amigo, my droog, Vincent. A.K.A. Duke Dukem Forever. <laughs> there no, you go. No, it would be Duke Dukem Forever. Duke, do some forever. Do some forever. <laughs> Amazing. This is episode 132 of the Anthony and Todd Show, an episode we would like to call The Allegory is for Anti-Vaxxing. <laughs> That's the big That's message. That's what the entire thing was about. <laughs> I can't believe I pick up well, on that the first isn't, time. Well, it, it isn't, but it consumes up most of the space, weirdly <laughs> enough. It consumes my mental space. <laughs> Royce the five nine is living rent-free up here. <laughs> Him and his not needles. He's not for vaccinating people. He's from just like spitting. He's for the flu mist. <laughs> He doesn't like the shot. Hey, you got polio? <laughs> I, I think he's afraid of needles. That's why he's anti-vaxxing. No, because Eminem got a flu shot, and then he made revival on Kamikaze. I never want that to happen to me. Today we got some new albums from BTS, or Pss, <laughs> with Map of the Soul 7. Moses Sumney with Grey Gree. Great. <laughs> Part one, uh, Duke Deuce with Memphis Massacre 2. I actually really adore this album more. I think it's really I funny. think it's funny. Why would you put Memphis in a blender? That's one of my favorites of the year so far. <laughs> and finally, Royce the 5'9 with The Allegory. Wow. I actually had to cut bits out because I kept on thinking <laughs> Moses Sumney's bare ass, apparently. <laughs> Kept on just saying it's pretty mo- distracting. I know. Just, just look at it. He's wow. double cheeked up. <laughs> just standing there vibing. Not a cell phone in sight. Sight to see. <laughs> if you want, <laughs> if you want to follow Anthony Todd Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can find us at Anthony Todd. You can find us youtubecom Anthony Todd Show. You can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. By searching Anthony and Todd Show in your favorite podcast browser. Without any more of a further ado, it's time to get into the batuh, or it's time to go behind the scenes. That's probably what it bet. I bet so. That's cool because it stands for their backronym. Unlike <laughs> batuh, which is their actual name. It's just the onomatopoeia. <laughs> uh, BTS with Map of the Soul 7. Wow. BTS is a soul, haha, Seoul seven member South Korean soul group boy band. <laughs> South Korean soul band. <laughs> uh, they're under big hit entertainment, big crit entertainment. Um, <laughs> I don't really understand how their naming process works. Okay, listen. As them off. far as as far as no, not their names. I know their names. Oh. Their, their names make sense. Jin, Sugar, J-Hope, RM, Jimin, I think, Jimin, V, and Jungkook. He's the v most popular. F- is it V or 5? I think it's V. v- I just call him V. Jungkook's the most popular? I think so. I thought it was Sugar. I thought it was Sugar or RM because RM's the leader. I think it's Jungkook. Okay. I don't really have personal opinion. I don't either. I think I just see him the most often. <laughs> Like the in only, the streets. The only one that I really have a, a care for is I like Suga's uh, feature in the last Halsey album. I like Suge Knight's feature. Yeah, Suge Knight had a great feature. <laughs> He's really good. I meant more so I don't understand their naming process of albums. 
Yeah, because based no, off of Map of the Soul Persona, well, which Map was the EP. It's almost like the way I interpret it. This is Map of the Soul is almost like an EP. It's like the prelude to everything, and then Map of the Soul Seven is the actual title. Yeah, so I feel like it's because there's seven I feel like it's of very them. Very similar to like the to the Painkiller Paradise and what was. What was released before that? Painkiller something. Pat like Path to Paradise or something. something. Like, yeah. And where it's just like a couple of songs, and then it was like the appetizer for the main course. <laughs> yeah. I uh the f- this is their fourth uh Korean language studio album, and I think that they had three other Japanese language uh albums. So this is their technically their seventh album. So there's seven albums, seven members. Seven, seven maps members. of the soul. Each member gets their own individual track on here. Uh, we liked. We we were kind of fond of their EP, even though we decided it was pretty mediocre at a lot of times. But there was moments like Intro Persona and Boy the Love that were okay. They're also on this album. Yeah. Um. I don't like that decision, even though I do like Intro Persona. I think I like it better now than I did, even though I think it still kind of drags on a little bit. But I think. RM's performance is pretty decent and exciting. And I think there's some pretty indecent and exciting, uh, like, trap, trap pop tracks on here. Because essentially what this album is, I, I, I don't really understand, okay? Like, I don't understand BTS, and not in the sense of, like, like other J or K-pop groups. I can kind of get how they different their style of pop music is more different, different or hypnotic or strange. BTS, for my only opinion, which has been from this the previous EP and this, they're just making Western music. Yeah, there's there's no difference in like that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. And the music's compelling. I don't care if it's from anywhere if it's compelling, but like the hype I seen surround them, only to be delivered just like west coast or not west coast but western pop music is just very disappointing to be feed, fed all this hype and then also only receive something new in a different packaging yeah because like i, I, see what I think the only difference between bts is their fan base and the way the medium's consumed not necessarily music itself because what we got on here is you got pretty much contemporary western pop and you get trapped and the trap is probably the more enjoyable of the two, but it gets pretty old after a while. Uh, this album gets pretty old after a while because it's an hour and fucking 14 minutes, which we don't need like on anywhere because like they have a hard time in my eyes dif- differentiating their personalities to me. Yeah. And it's not just the language barrier. It's more of a performance. It seems like whether their harmonies or their pitching, which I find pretty annoying on here, and the way they kind of are lined up across this entire thing, I find it hard to separate them. Even when you give them the individual tracks, none of them really stand out as members, and it's not because they're as this collaborative union. It's just because they're all pretty much mediocre or middle of the road. And I mentioned I like Suga because I saw him on the feature in the Lost Halsey album. He doesn't really stand out that much on here. He's he's more standout than like everyone else, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone besides RM because they both have more of the important tracks. Interlude Shadow, Intro per- Persona, two of the better tracks on here. But 
they don't stand out a tune because those kind of feel like the same structure of the same track. There's some nice pop-out tracks on here, like uh, Zero O'Clock, I think is fun. But a majority of this is just just a overabundance of just lame pop cliches that we've seen before. Mm. The adherence of the influx of trap into pop, which is not inherently a bad thing, but it's something that's been done before. It's not revolutionary. The combining of hip-hop and pop done before not revolutionary these can be interesting concepts but they don't build to anything new it just builds to what the typical pop palette is i don't get a lot of personality of some of these features the collaborations with halsey and sia feel super underwhelming the seal one feels super empty super payday like like this mm-hmm. is just a money thing more than a, an actual resource or an actual uh wanted collaboration from her and i i just feel like this just melds together there's there's 20 tracks on this thing and they all just kind of compress into the same experience on the ep it was a lot less and the more distinctions stood out but on this like it all blends for me into this overabundant experience of just emptiness and I, I just don't, I don't think there's any super noteworthy material on here. And that's about it. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, going back to your point about, like, Western music, I don't understand, like, a lot of the hype around this album or, like, BTS as a whole. If they're just delivering Western music, like, why, why focus in on them specifically? Yeah, I, I remember a girl in my music class once gave a presentation on K-pop and Mm. she brought up BTS and someone else. I can't remember. Um, But she said, yeah, the K-pop Korean music is so much better than American music. And I listened to this and it's the exact same fucking thing. Yeah, I I don't (laughs) understand it. Now, like differentiating the performers, I think there's more that goes into it from like a out of music perspective, almost like creating that persona around the members of the band almost like this is not a very good example but like the monkeys yeah <laughs> tv show kind of thing or like the beatles had all their movies and elvis was was an actor like that kind of thing um i think like bts does something like pretty similar to that yeah and that's why a lot of fans are like latching onto them as people yeah but as musicians and the performers like i don't know this feels very cookie empty to me and cookie cutter exactly like can they nail it sometimes yeah i think so there's some fun tracks on here that we've we've talked about there's also i feel like a lot of filler and stuff that i just like don't really want to listen to um yeah and the one thing i i I just want to mention really briefly uh they're pitching i brought it up a little bit earlier they go way too high to the point where it's hard to tell who's who yeah and it sounds feminine which is not like a bad thing but when the members are so garbled garbled together in this like mess of things it kind of adds to the distraction and also their harmonies can come off as very strange i don't i don't really care for it yeah. it comes off as like almost their one person instead of like people collaborating which is weird it doesn't feel like a group effort. It feels like one person split into six at mm-hmm. times, or split into seven at times. But yeah, I, I, I don't care for this. I don't understand it. 
Um, it seems more like they're important only because of the things that surround or are prevalent in their own culture uh, rather than uh, what the music actually entails. I don't, I don't think this is anything. Uh, keep my eye on Scorch if you're telling me this right now. I think this is a four. I'd like to agree with that. Yeah. Um, are you are you ready to part the Red Sea? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Time to go over the latest. Are you ready to part the Red Sea with your ass? <laughs> the part one, the one part was his crack. <laughs> <laughs> are you ready to go over this Moose and Sumnia? Uh, we're going over this Moose and Sumnia album. Gray, part one. Wow. Moses Sony is an LA-based singer-songwriter known for his really nasally, high-pitched, spiritual kind of themes around his his albums and his voice. Yeah, his accent. I, I didn't mean to put theme in the notes, but like more of how he accents himself. Yeah. in that manner. I I like I like that like spirituality. I feel like kind of surrounds. Yeah, it reminds like, me a little bit of uh, Serpent Feet. How he presents yeah, himself. Yeah, they're that very similar. Uh, he released a romanticism back in. 2017 uh i don't really have experience with the album but i know it's really critically praised for what it was i tried getting into it around 2017 and i really couldn't so i don't remember much about it but i just wanted to bring note that this is his like second most well world to date he's collaborated with acts like flume james blake and uh i was excited because the single me in 20 years was fucking fantastic but it's it's not on this part it's on the next part uh but speaking of the next part the right, second part releases uh in on may 15th so this is a double, a double album this is a double album um and i'm glad that you didn't release it all at once okay yeah personally. i kind of i kind of like when double albums are split but i'm still gonna listen to it probably as the double album maybe should we have held off the review? <laughs> no, because I think I think that's just more of an experience. Well, uh, I'll, I'll focus more on the second part because if they're released in individual parts, it's meant to be listened that way. Right. That's like kind of what I was thinking. Like I didn't like like Shrem Life three, like triple album. <laughs> so released all at been, once. That should have been like three albums. Stupid. But like exactly. I don't know. Like it says it's a double album, but part of me thought like also like. This is like a like a, a number project, not really like a yeah. double album. I like see. Bra- saturation one, two, three. That's not that's not a three piece album. They have similar themes, but they're not like three projects. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was really interested going into this thing because Moses Sumney has impressed me before and his features and his singles since, and I wanted to see what was up. What's up in this album? pretty much all i expected it's all up it's all up all looking up from here uh yeah i think this is just phenomenal i think this is a lot of fun to be had i think his his one one of the things i had um a worry about was was his voice gonna get stale um no it doesn't it's still phenomenal he mixes it up a lot he feel he finds voice voids to fit his voice and there's some jazzier production at times. There's some more mechanical-like production at times. There's some more acoustic production at times. Indie-based production at times. Electronical-based production at times. It varies a lot. I really enjoy that. Um, there's great moments like Conveyor, which has this repetitive... It's got the Donkey Kong Country drums. <laughs> has this repetitive, anthematic uh, percussion, leading to his frail vocal breaking down the track, essentially, and having these weird, repetitive box uh, moments at the end. Uh, 
Gagarin, I'm going to call it that, is very jazzy, lounge-like, with warm and hazy vocal distortion and, and dissonance, which is really awesome. And he, he's almost, almost asking for life to dedicate his life to something bigger than himself. And uh, it has this really great poetic moment on the verse. Of the galaxy is a broken mirror. Slowly the asteroid gets nearer. My stripe does not belong to me for that big blue bolt. I'll let go for that gold medal surrender. Just almost hoping, realizing how small you are in the universe and how you aren't really going to amount to much in the grander scheme of things. But in the end, you got to find something to look forward to or something bigger than yourself with your ambition to lead to. Uh, there's some terrific thoughts about masculinity, like on neither nor um, saying when he when I was a little boy, I'd scream at the vague misty nights, yet breathe out smoke with no fire and become what I des- was scared of. I fell in love with the in between talking about masculinity and how it's viewed and mm-hmm. how people almost viewed them with feminine qualities and living in that in between how there really isn't have really doesn't have to be a binary Um and saying, because in the Valley of Sh- the Sure, you cannot pick neither nor. You can, you're can you fated to pick a door, only lonely or lukewarm. Feeling like his uh, his struggle with uh, masculinity leads them to be alone. And not having these masculine qualities leads them to be alone. Mm-hmm. Which is really nice. And expressing that sentiment. Not, the, not, not being alone is not nice, but expressing his own sentiment towards that, I think, is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, this actually has one of the more interesting uh, breakdowns of polyamorous relationships on here with Polly talking about, are you dancing with me or just merely dancing? Talking, thinking about how people in polyamorous relationships only do they, they don't, there sometimes can be a struggle whether they feel like their moments really mean something or not. In the grander scheme of things, since they go around yeah. so much, and then uh, talking about how uh, he doesn't want to live uh, here, sometimes don't want to live at all. I want to be cotton candy in the mouths of many a lover. <laughs> talking about how he just wants to float and be different and not be tied to something is really one of those uh, reflection of polyamorous relationships that showcases the background of the character that's in it instead of just kind of poking the problems at it. Which is nice, because it still reflects the issues of the individual, but not issues of the problem, mm-hmm. or not the issues of polyamorous relationships. If that makes sense. Yeah. And how a person could fit into that role, which is nice to express those things and express the sentiment of a better track. Yeah. Um, there's a really cool track called "Color." I'm just gonna call it "Color," even though it's "Color." Color. <laughs> uh, has these beautiful horns, and most of the somnies talking about how you try to convince someone to accent their color palette with makeup and. Uh, why don't you wear some color? Bring out your eyes. You say you never bother because you're tell- be telling lies. <laughs> if this person doesn't want to live that life, Moses is trying to get them to express more about themselves, which I think is is nice and it's it's okay to wear makeup and express that type of personality. I think is fine or express more about your personality through your look. It's fine, it's personally acceptable, even though it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of great. Frantactual vocal sequences like cuts, cut me and real, uh, lots of themes of masculinity and challenging it and being bold as an individual. And I think Moses Sumney is a completely bold and visionary voice that's completely extravagant, lovely, stylized. 
I, I, I could talk about this album a lot, but I think it's the biggest strand of things. I think it, I love how he spitches up the scound space to a bunch of different areas, creating a bunch of different hooks, catchy meticulous or catchy and nasally areas for his voice to fly in and out of. Mm-hmm. And he's truly the best thing about this project. He stands out as the most important thing to the Moses Subney album, I which also, makes sense. I also don't think any of the sounds really overstay their welcome yeah. either. Like he knows when to switch it up and, and knows when maybe a track has gone on for a little too long or has gone on for long enough. And he has no problem like ending it and switching to a completely new thing. But I think what really is cool is the transitions. Yeah. Transitions throughout this whole thing make it seem like it's a, a whole larger work, like that golden thread that's leading us through all the different soundscapes and all the different um, um, interludes, like intros and outros kind of things, which I, I also really enjoy. I like I like the uh, little interludes in between this, uh, all the, between the full songs or like bigger projects, I guess. I think that they give the listener a nice break before you go into another like grandiose soundscape. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really don't have too much to say. I think he just completely varies his style super well. He doesn't seem stagnant. He seems completely liquid, almost like uh, his water. ass, his ass under this waterfall. <laughs> um, yeah, he just seems bold, reflective, emotional, able to be humanized, relatable, be empathetic towards him. There's just so many other adjectives I could throw his way. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this. Uh, keep in mind, all scores are few talent meaningless right now. I'm thinking this is an 8 plus currently. I think um, it's an 8. Yeah. And when the album comes out, uh, combining the two pieces may higher the score, less than the score. <laughs> I will hire Moses Sumney. <laughs> to part the Red Sea? Yes. Okay. I sure hope Moses doesn't take a deuce in that water. <laughs> that's, that's a good enough transition. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go over the latest Duke Deuce album, Memphis Massacre 2. Two. This is the second tragedy. This has happened back. before, and it'll happen again. Uh, Duke Deuce, Memphis MC, second generation MC as well. His father, Duke Nitty, was a local produ- rapper and producer who enjoyed success in the Memphis area. Uh, he's currently signed to Quality Control, and I, as long as a bunch of other people have found him recently because of his hit single, Cronk Ain't Dead. Uh, remix. Cronk <laughs> Ain't Dead, and then, and then the, the remix. Cronk uh, Ain't Dead has the the allegory, as Royce the Five Nine would say, uh, for for Cronk. For he is the allegory, because at the beginning, he's dead. He's showing everybody he's not dead. And then the crew revives him. He comes the out crunk. of the comatose. <laughs> the Cronk is alive like he is alive. <laughs> the beautiful man. He lives in you. <laughs> he lives in me. The Cronk lives in you. It lives in me. Uh, so I was just exci- I was interested going into this, but I also know it's quality control and quality troll doesn't really have the best record. <laughs> they have no quality control because <laughs> you have the two cultures, you have whatever little Yachty puts out that's not good. <laughs> just just in their collaborative albums, which seems super boring. That seems like a really weird conflict of interest to <laughs> sign like all these trap artists and then sign Duke Deuce. <laughs> Like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like he's interested in that kind of thing. He it, No, he is trap. I would describe him under trap or anything else. I would describe him as, like, very early trap. <laughs> and I think Krunk was very early trap. 
<laughs> you're kind of right in that, but like in the present soundscape, it's more trap than anything else. Um, but yeah, I was interested going into this. I didn't think it was going to be amazing or anything, but Cronkite Dead was fun. Um, and what is this? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, It has its fun moments, but at the end of the day, it shows where the standard of hip-hop is. And the standard of hip-hop is just co- copying other artists that are trendy. Uh, you have some terrific moments on here before we get into the bad. Cronk Dad remix featuring Little John, Juicy Day, Project Pat. The hook on the original Cronk Dead is uh, fantastic, but when you add Little John... <laughs> it's too it, much. It turns it into an amphetic banger. I don't know what to say. It's too much. <laughs> it literally is too much, and it's amazing in that way. Uh, Juicy J, who actually produced the track... Uh, is on here with a verse, and I can't think of a, a, an icon figure to pass the torch more figuratively than than him to be on the track. His verse is top notch, um, and then Project Pat. The song kind of ends with him. He's on the like track. he's fine. I just wish the tra- he didn't have verse. I don't think it's needed. I think I just fine. wish he was in the music video. And that's about and it. That's it. I that's still got the feature. Like just had his name on it. <laughs> He doesn't have to say anything. Just be on there. <laughs> uh, you have Crunk Eight Dead Mob with Little Tad, Thad, Little Sad, and Little Yachty, which um, has f- terrific great uh, hip hop. Uh, it has terrific group vocals, which I always say hip hop needs more group vocals. I love the way they spell and then Crunk Ain't Dead Mob on there. So basically, the, the group vocals spell out Crunk Eight Dead letter by letter. Then every letter, the starting, uh, every letter, the starting word will start with whatever letter it is. So it's R, it's like some R word, something like that. And it goes for all three of their verses, which is fantastic, fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought even Yachty was pulling his weight a ton on this. I, I just thought it was really. Actually, I enjoyed Yachty's verse. I think this is probably his best feature in a while. Yeah, a little. Yeah, probably a little while. Yeah. Um, and Little Sad sounds like if you crossed uh, pollinated T.I. with Rick Ross. <laughs> that is a big baby. <laughs> that is a big baby who doesn't like hymens. <laughs> <laughs> no, he likes them. He likes them secured. The enemy of the people. <laughs> no, he is the people. He oh, yeah. <laughs> he is the people. T.I. versus the pure. Uh uh, Fat Max Fun, it, it's produced actually by Duke Deuce's father, Duke Nitty. <laughs> it has this terrific sub bass and uh, 808-like cowbell. Uh, it has this completely uh, fun triplet flow uh, hook with kickback like a Fat Mac. Get my dick sucked, bad bitch with a fat ass, she don't give a fuck. It's just fun. I just thought it was a really fun kind of goofy song. Uh, there's some other fun moments on here. BHD uh, samples the Nightmare on Elm Street, or it's comparable to the chords of the score from Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, there's just some fun moments. More on the first half, and then you get some kind of like lackluster moments, like uh, bad news. It's just kind of bland. It has this like string but it just seems kind of empty and typical what you would expect in a modern hip-hop album uh trap blues has this pitching that ranges from uh just terribly clashing with the production of the sax sample and the organ like keys it just it just it doesn't mix well too passable it ranges somewhere in that 
to where it's just like annoying to not annoying to okay but not brilliant i really don't like his vocals on this because it doesn't seem unique to him uh getting on to vocals that don't seem unique to him the last four tracks on this are just not good they're just boring they're just so boring uh you have body which sounds like a young thug ripoff Maybe some little baby in there, but mostly Young Thug. You have Big Dog, which just sounds like a trippy red slash X knockoff. There really isn't a ton of originality in the vocals to this uh, these performances. They sound like half-baked rips off other artists, and there isn't a personality to it. Sometimes, like, even the best tracks on here, Duke Deuce doesn't really have a personality. He just has more fun lyricism and either features surrounding him or a fun concept to the track. So, like, Crunk Ain't Dead's fun because the hook's really fun and the idea of Crunk coming back is fun. And then the Little John (laughs) feature's fun. But then when it actually comes back, it won't be very fun. Crunk Ain't Dead mod's fun because of the groove vocals and spelling out Crunk Ain't Dead and having your verse fit to that. Fat Max fun because of the triplet flow and the, the, the 808 cowbell attached to it. But like there isn't a personality that makes these tracks fun. It's the tracks are inherently catchy. Yeah. Or they have really good concepts. Or I feel like he just kind of fell into it more so than made those tracks like his own. I think he almost just like fell into them. Like if Lil John, Juicy J and Project Pat would have released the Crunky Dead remix by themselves, I think I would have garnered about the same reaction. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think it would have been any different. Probably. That's what I'm saying. Like I really just think that Duke Deuce like isn't carving his name out in hip hop. He's just kind of there yeah. and things just fall on his lap and he's, and he's not, like all right he's not inherently terrible because he has no decent i don't think, triple I don't think he's like awful or but anything i just think he's like really generic and he's not really <laughs> trying to make his way he just keeps getting like handed songs that are that are winners and he's like i oh, guess i'll go with it um yeah i don't have too much to say there's not a whole lot of personality to this but it doesn't mean there isn't any fun moments keep my own scores if you're telling me this right now i'm filling up four <laughs> i guess i get a four <laughs> that may be a little low but at the same time no, think, like we gotta get real i think that's a little high <laughs> i ain't give four minus <laughs> i think that uh, take that dookie <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh I don't really want to talk about this next time. I do. I'm ready to just <laughs> beat him up. Because, like, the inherent thing that keeps me back about this next one is the fact that how much I enjoy it as much as I did the last Eminem album, and that's sad. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Eminem was bad, but it was it like was better than I thought it was going to be. Okay, if that makes sense. Okay. So it got to the five range because of that. <laughs> Royce the Five Nine had the Overcomer single. I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be fucking good. And I saw the Griselda Boys was gonna be on this. So I was like, yeah, this is gonna be awesome. And then like I heard about it, the antivaxing moments on here. <laughs> and then just the album itself just underperformed to the same level I'm music ready. to murder my meat was at. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Today we're gonna be talking about the latest Royce the Five Nine album. The Allegory. 
Uh, Royce Finance, Detroit MC, member of Slaughterhouse, along with Joe Budden, the third greatest rapper of all time. <laughs> don't, don't try to tell me Joe Budden. <laughs> Joel Ortiz and King Crooked. Joel Budden over here. <laughs> I think that's such a funny, like the top 50 rappers list that was going around on Twitter. Like, Joe Budden was number three. Don't I think tell me you like. So funny. Don't tell me you think Slaughterhouse is iconic. Like, <laughs> Slaughterhouse isn't iconic. Like everybody I think is like kind of iconic, but not really. He's also remember Bad Meets Evil along with Eminem and uh, P-Rhyme with DJ Premier. Yeah. Prime. <laughs> Prime. Yeah. Prime. The reason why I get into this album, we probably want to touch up a 10th of fall because Royce to Five Nines have never really done it for me. But the single Overcomer was like one of the best singers of the year. Hands down. That's one of the singles to beat. I love Overcomer. I love I love West Side Gun just just being wild on there. And and he's unrestrained. After amazing. what would Sheen Gun amazing. do? Royce the Five Nine cuts he the chain, cut the lets chain. him lose. West Side can do whatever he wants right now. The the iconic uh the salute sample on it amazing. was fantastic. I got banned from singing that at home because I sing it too much. <laughs> um Westside's verse is hilarious, and I think the group vocals only add to it. The beat switch up with that soul with sample Ro- right in the middle of it. Royce switching up his verse, talking also talking about <laughs> talking shit about Yellow Wolf, which the best thing about that track probably. I can always go for some Yellow Wolf shit in. Royce's verse, I love the way that the whole track cuts off. Yeah, and then restarts again, like. You build up all this momentum with that with that beat switch up. It's so hype, and then yeah, done. When the drums add in the group vocals, incredible, and we're back to ground zero. And then Royce's verse comes in, and Royce's verse plays out like an episode of Ancient Aliens. It doesn't make any sense. There's tons of conspiracies on here. He says some weird things, but I love it. <laughs> and then the very end with the overcomer. Overcomer, <laughs> it's getting louder and louder. Amazing! Uh, I love this track. Uh, and I was surprised to see on this album he produced all the tracks on here with some occasional help from other producers. Uh, the production on this is phenomenal. I'll give him that. There's a mix of boom bap, some moments of uh, like sample loops that I would expect to see on like a Griselda project. He mixed things that were up to snuff of like the what would Sheen Gun do project. Yeah, which was very surprising. Um, like up to Derringer snuff, which is pretty impeccable for someone who I didn't know produced. <sighs> this album's not good. <laughs> it's like it's it's not the worst re- critically reviewed score I'm gonna give an album by any means, but no, I don't think it's like a one. I just think like by principle, it's like not that good. <laughs> like by Royce the Five Nines principles and like the things that he talks about off the track or like outside of the studio i just i don't know like the intro mr grace and then miss grace later on about like i mean royce claims to be like very like anti-capitalist yeah. like we talked about this off camera yeah. and then literally at the beginning it's all about like i mean it sounds like this kid is getting sucked into like a pyramid scheme <laughs> Going over this entire thing, okay, so we established that Royce the Five Nine across this entire thing is very. Not, I'm not gonna say this is a bad thing because, like, I don't, I don't think it is, but uh, anti-capitalist. But his <laughs> no, he's allowed to be. I just think that yeah, no, 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 no. Gonna make I, that's not the problem. <laughs> that's not the problem of this. But it's like 
over a course of this entire thing, like the thing that I was dreading hearing most that I knew about going into this album was the anti-vaxxing shit. Anti-vaxxing is the most white privileged problem. I don't care what you say. Like that is that is up there with the the, the flat earth theory. He essentially established himself to be as stupid as B.O.B. on this shit and like still making a conscious album. That's the thing I find the most funny, but like anti-vaxxing itself is essentially just the reason I find it so white privilege is because it is essentially people deciding in their own head who don't have tons of problems as it is deciding that their most important problem is to go after science in their own way because they usually don't believe in it. And like we get into this Gweno Proftro anti-vax shit and Royce the Vive 9 has the same characteristics. Also, it's very not only elitist, but it's very ableist, especially when he brings up the point, And I'll get into this, this is a huge segment of how his son has autism. Bring up the fact that when you bring up these arguments and this is a thing that this is not new idea that I have to say, this is a very established idea. Saying, bringing up the idea of anti-vaxxing and bringing your son who has autism into the mix, referencing him a couple times throughout this thing, essentially saying, and I was talking to Jonathan about this off camera, is essentially saying that my son is better dead than with autism, which is the biggest ableist statement saying. Yeah. It essentially, when you conform the message down, it's essentially that's what he's saying. It's also a way of taking guilt, your own personal guilt, which is like you shouldn't have the guilt to begin with because nothing it's it's not your choice. It's not your fault. You didn't choose to have this, but it's sometimes a way of getting rid of your own personal guilt because at the end of the day, it was your genetics. Some people choose to wipe their hands free of the issue saying, oh, this is this is anti vax fault and then distance themselves from their own child. This is things that have been happened. This is this is a well doctrined thing that has been established anti vaxxing. One, vaccines don't cause autism. We need, like, that's duh. No, that's a very... If you get a flu shot, you're not going to make revival on Kamikaze. <laughs> that's just called, that's just called boomerism. And Royce is showing a bit of one on here. Um, but it's like, it's ableist, it's elitist. It's also very, very, very just showcasing his his son and putting him in the front line, which he has no references to anything else in this. He has no references to maybe taking care of his autistic son or having a relationship with his autistic son or showing the struggles in that nature. No, he's showcasing them in that limelight. Essentially. I don't know what the term would be the correct term to it's, it's highlighting him in a wrong way. It's exploiting. It's him. exploiting. Yeah. He's essentially exploded in that mechanism where the autism is the center focus, not the person or maybe the personality that he has. It's just so my son. Dehumanizing. Has, yeah. My son has autism. Like, that's the only references we get across this entire thing to his son, or the most notable ones, at mm -hmm. least, if anything else is mentioned that I didn't pick up on. Yeah. But, like, that's the biggest problem. That's brought up twice on two tracks. But, like, this is a conscious album. This feels like. This just feels like a. a parody of a conscious album it, like i'm not saying it's a good conscious album but what, what would you solidify this as conscious hip-hop i guess so, that's yeah. like the banner would fall under that's what he that's what he said it was um but like it's under conscious hip-hop but it has the same fragmented issues when talking about politics sometimes and the what falls in two categories one time uh, sometimes it doesn't understand the purpose of what the fuck he's trying to say and it goes into like eminem territory 
<laughs> where like the point is completely misinstrued and sometimes it's like it's kind of there and it's not completely misingenuous but it's like it doesn't really serve a purpose in the grander scene of things that's going on two sometimes the point does have some nuance to it and it can make some interesting ideas but at the end of the day the tracks aren't compelling enough because Royce on his own is more about lyrics is more about rhyme than he is about lyricism so it's a conscious it's very obvious like why he works with Eminem so so often because like you, you, you look at dope man that's totally depicted by the flow that isn't totally dictated by the flow, not by anything that he's actually saying. The flow. No, dictated- if you like listen to it, it's basically a guy singing going, Dope man, that guy sold me crack. Dope man, like over and And over. it doesn't mean what he's saying isn't wrong because there's like. No, but it's, I think it's just like touching, it's touching politics like on a very surface level. And like, honestly, I think like the message that resonated throughout this whole project to me at least, was that you've got to pick your battles, and I think Royce really picked the wrong battles here. Yeah. Now, like, I think the whole album coming across, like, trying to talk about, like, the race divide, yeah. and and empowering, like, black Americans across our nation, like, I think that he did a pretty good job like painting those pictures, like in Dope Man, while I think it's like pretty basic, yeah. I think it can paint like a picture. Overcomer, I think it's got like a great message. But like some of these other battles, anti-vaxxing, the homophobic, like we oh, haven't even gotten into oh, that oh, yet. Oh, oh, you ready for this one? <sighs> upside, upside down, down. <laughs> his his opening line, and I have to I have to censor some words on here because they're bad. Uh, why the gay bad word trying to fuck the straight bad word that's trying to fuck the gay bitches that look just like the straight bad word while the straight bad word that the gay bitches trying to look like trying to look just like the gay bad word. Those aren't bad words. We just can't say them. They're bad. Bad for me. They'll hurt you. <laughs> They'll burn your tongue. <laughs> but like. Yes, obviously, the homophobia on that track, not good. The, like, anti-capitalist persona you put on outside of the studio versus the capitalist messages that come across this entire project, not obviously that good. The ableism across this entire project, not good. (laughs) I think that's, like, the worst part about it. And then we get, like, (laughs) then we get this... This, um, I just lost it. Perspective skit right in the middle. It's two and a half minutes of Eminem talking about (laughs) black kids growing up with no black icons. Eminem's white. (laughs) Like, this is not his story to tell. If you're going to have Eminem, like, you're... I assume they're Chump. Like, I assume they're best friends at this point. <laughs> if you're gonna have your best friend on the track, who's like considered one of the greatest of rappers of all time, and just be like, "Hey, I just want you to talk about Black America <laughs> in the middle of my album. I don't want you to rap. I don't want you to do anything else but talk about something that you never had it, to go it, through it, yourself." It means like the sentiment isn't wrong, but it no because it, like, like it just honestly like mean- Eminem outside of like the studio, I think is like one of the more liberal rappers like he's seriously so like left wing and that, i don't know like that just he should know that he should have known that. but it's like this it, not it sounds battle. more like just a documentary clip playing it's out re- that really doesn't serve really a purpose weird. in here it's very weird it's like 
in uh, the one moment I do want to bring up because I actually have some nuance talking about Black Savage and the idea of people want they want the idea of essentially them uh, getting black people forced back to Africa in order so they don't have property here. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that concept because it's not been touched before in that manner in hip hop. I think I, I don't think I care for the track as it owns. I think there's way too many features on it. And no, but this is like one of the first times people have talked about it. Yeah, like and there's new hip-hop. there's nuance to the idea, the theme, the basic theme of the idea of there's a reason why they want black people are almost condemned to go back to Africa in a way, and I, I like that idea of how they explain that and how they almost want to defy it. And keep their land here, keep their identity here, which I really enjoy because it brings some like empowering nature to the, one of these tracks. But for the most of it, like people will make out the best of the Griselda boys. I don't give a fuck. I mean, yeah, <laughs> honestly, like now West Side, I think best feature on here. Yeah, honestly, probably the best verse on here. Conway's Conway's amazing. Conway, again. I think, does awesome. Benny's fine, and then but Benny just gets stuck on one of the worst tracks on here, which I feel kind of bad about. But ben, also the sample, extremely edgy. Like this is Eminem level edgy sample. What sample was it? I forget. It was on Upside Down. Oh, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It was um. Tom Steiner is that what yes. it was the interpolation of that? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's lame. As far as like human, uh, I guess Royce like humanizing himself, and we've talked about this. There's another track that I feel like Royce really humanizes himself on, and it's the last track, "Hero" with uh, yeah. White Gold, where he talks about his father, which I think is really interesting because like one, it talks about the imbalance that his father had because his pro- father has had problems with drugs before yeah but it also talks about the love he has for his father at the same time it's it's really interesting because like on one hand i'm thinking like he he straight up says like yeah there was abuse at home yeah like yeah my dad was was awful to me but like we've worked it out and now i respect him and he's like one of my heroes which like that to me is really it's a really interesting dynamic because on one hand i'm like that's not good Obviously, like, your dad should not have been that way. But on the other hand, I'm like, I guess I can't really knock him because they worked it out. And now they're both better for it. Uh, that's just, it's a very interesting picture that Royce is, like, p- painting of himself for us as an audience. Yeah, because m- mostly all this album is politics without humanizing. It's just stating off mantras without really meaning anything. And right. the mantras could be important, but they don't mean anything. That's why it reminds me of Pyramid Scheme. <laughs> I'm not buying it. It reminds me more of Pyramid Head. Because he has a huge <laughs> ass pyramid on his head. And he's like the voice to 5'9. <laughs> obviously, he has. He has the fucking uh, the cloud sword. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Buster Blade. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have too much. This is disappointing. And it's not the high, lowest rated. I had a bunch to say. <laughs> it's just. I don't know what to score this. Like. And the more we discuss this, the more negative that stands out about this album. The really only thing that stands out is Overcomer. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, the, my two favorite tracks on here were were Overcomer and Hero. Like, were there others? Yeah, I think there are some other, like, decent tracks. I, I like th- I Don't Age. I think that was pretty decent. I think that uh, Dope Man, while it is, like, cheesy, is still, like... Oh, it's just still pretty decent. I track. like also, Fubu. Cedric the Entertainer was on there. <laughs> Fubu. 
Fubu Conway's part's good. Yes. Which is like the there's first like, half. I don't know. There's certain parts, but then like we get we get tracks like tricked. Which is just you're stupid. Like we've been tricked. Yeah, we've been tricked. <laughs> like there's no like he's one taking so long to explain these ideas and having so many of them, but two he doesn't emphasize or empower anybody with explaining them. Yeah, it's more about egotistically power off, which in theory when I explain that. It sounds like it would be Eminem territory. That 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 one well, they are range cut from the same cloth. But listening to his experience wasn't as painful as that. It was more similar to music to get murdered by range. But like in theory, the fundamental problems with this album outweigh where it kind of is. I don't know what to rate this. Keep my scores if you tell me. Let's. Just gonna say, keep right now at this current moment, probably change when it's four. That's probably around the ballpark where it is anyway. I'll do that because the music. I'm gonna give Overcomer and Hero their own separate score. <laughs> Overcomer's ten out of ten. Overcomer's a ten. Hero is like a is this probably solid eight. <laughs> Everything else is anything yeah. else is a four. <laughs> Tricked is a zero. Upside down is a upside down is, is a, a negative, negative infinity. <laughs> this is tough. I don't really like this review because I just don't. There's just too many, too much political comp. You have to really get political when talking about a political commentary that really doesn't focus on politics and more about the braggadocio ego, and that's just a, a tangled mess of webs that I don't like entering because it's just all flip-sided and this is about how i feel about this album <laughs> <laughs> i am in <laughs> i need a cigarette after this <laughs> it to also sit in the rain with the umbrella <laughs> with clown makeup on because at the end of the day i feel like the clown after listening to this. the clown <laughs> that's it that's that's it um yeah that's this week's episode of the Anthony and Todd show. Until next time, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Anthony and Todd. You can find us at YouTube.com for the Anthony and Todd show. You can find us at uh, Podbean, Podbean, Stitcher, Stitcher Google Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify. PlayStation 4. Yeah, your PlayStation 4 if it has a podcast on it. Just search Anthony and Todd, your favorite podcast browser. And I think that's about it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I don't think I have anything else to say. Uh, Patreon.com for the Anthony and Tajo if you want to support us monetarily, but if you don't, I don't care. Uh, and that's it. Until next time, guys, I've been Vincent. I'm Trevor. And see you, boys. Bye, everybody. <laughs>